What's happening, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Supermercado Bros Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. We're going to do something really fun today. This is a, yes. an episode idea that we've had in the works for a long time. Uh, the title of today's episode is Sick Day. And essentially what this means is we're just going to sort of take an emotional and mental day off here on the podcast <laughs> and just listen to some of our favorite, most feel-good, comforting video game music. Yeah, this is the equivalent of video game music comfort food, kind of like how if you actually are sick and are taking a day off work, you might watch an old movie that mm-hmm. you have nostalgia for, um, you know, and you might read an old book or, or do something that feels comfortable. That's what yeah. today is going to be. And I think because of that, both Carl and I are so excited because this really just is a list of some of our absolute favorite video game music, some of the best stuff that we've ever played on this podcast, but we might not have played it for a little while because it's right. kind of the thing that almost goes without saying. Yeah, so this idea, I think Will was the person who actually had this idea a couple years ago, Um, and it it coincides nice with Will's actual life right now because he has finals this week, so this is going to be a nice stress relief for Will. This episode is going to be very laid back. Uh, I think we're just going to hang out and listen to some of our favorite video game music. Uh, as if we were sick. We're not actually physically sick, so we should mention that. Yeah, I'm feeling great. I have the window (laughs) open. It's a beautiful, sunny day. I'm almost graduated from college. By the time this episode comes out, I will have graduated. Wow. So I I feel really excited, and yeah, I'm doing great. And I know you're really happy about something that just happened. Yeah, we just decided on a venue for our uh, wedding reception. So just today, uh, we decided that. So that's really nice to have that, you know, kind of decided and off our plate and And stuff. all but, of you are invited. Oh, jeez. No, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, if we had to think of another alternative title of this episode, what would be another way to describe this? Feel Good Favorites. Ooh, I like it. Okay, so this isn't saying that these are our absolute 19 favorite pieces of video game music. Honestly, we didn't really spend much time on this playlist. We talked yeah. about it for about 20 minutes. Yeah, rattled off a couple great ones. Whatever we could think of. Yeah, and anything that felt good. Yeah, so this is just the first 19 tracks that we honestly felt like letting our hair down and um, and playing here. So what you guys heard playing in was a classic. That was Silence from F-Zero. And every time we listen to that, we just forget how funky that bass is. It's just like the star of that piece for sure. Totally. That was composed by Yumiko Kanki. Um, and yeah, so this is just going to be some great video game music in conversation here. Okay, let's move on to a track from Mario Kart 8. This is one that Will thought would be fun to play again. Um, this is just, this is a modern classic. Uh, I remember the first time I heard this, I was just, my mouth was agape. <laughs> This is the title theme to Mario Kart 8, and this one was composed by Atsuko Asahi. This is a great way to start off this episode. And we have to mention that this track um, very famously quotes uh, the Super Mario Kart title theme by Soyo Oka. That's true. 
All right, sit back, relax. Let's take a listen to the title theme from Mario Kart 8. You guys are listening to the title theme from Mario Kart 8. I'm already having such a great time. I'm really glad we decided to do this episode. Me too. It really is like just like mentally and spiritually uh, and even physically, it's just kind of a weight off our shoulders. We can just uh, take a deep breath and just listen to some video game music that makes us really happy and brightens our mood. This is composed by Atsuko Asahi. I think this is really what I wanted those summer music episodes to be years ago, where it could mm. just be like a fun vacation. Yeah. What's great about this is, uh, I, I don't know, I love doing this show and I love all of our fans and I feel so fortunate that we've gotten to do this for so long, Carl. But I have to say, I don't always look forward to recording a podcast episode because it is a lot of work. You yeah. know, there's preparation, but it's also just mentally, you kind of need to be very focused. It's and a little exhausting yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the first times in a long while where I just couldn't wait to record this episode. Well, I think one of the reasons for that is, I think in addition to the idea of playing just some feel-good, comfort, classic VGM, we thought it'd be fun to just have more of a casual, conversational episode, and we don't need to worry so much about analyzing this musically. We've already done that for all this music. Um, In addition to that, that's not really what we wanted to do today. We just wanted to let our hair down and just have a good time. So I think for that reason... Yeah, it definitely feels like the pressure is yeah, off. Today's episode is, is kind of like a party. This will just be, yeah. uh, you guys are just hanging out with Carl and I while we play some fun music in the background. The spirit of this is almost similar to what we do on our like 100, 200, 300th episode where, you know, we'll play music that's just kind of fun, feel good stuff in the background. Mm-hmm. Um of course, I'm sure we'll end up noticing things about this music and talking about it. Uh, but I think we really have dissected that Mario Kart 8 title th- uh, theme to death. Oh, yeah. I mean, just what incredible playing. And just to start off with that kind of crazy shredding bass, bass solo. solo. It's so awesome. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, the only thing I'll say about that is it kind of gives you this promise or this hope that this is going to be the tone of the soundtrack and there's not really another piece of music quite like this title theme uh as far as something that's that shredding and that jazzy uh it it really is i think it's it's the best piece of music new piece of music in the game in my opinion yeah totally uh, you know i think it's like a movie you know oftentimes the best piece of music will be like the main title theme or something for sure okay 
we're going to go back, way back to the NES era. Which okay, are, it'll so, be hard for me not to be analytical about <laughs> this. So we wanted to play some classic old school video game music. We wanted to play some some more modern stuff that we fell in love with. And we also wanted to play maybe some classics of the podcast, stuff like that. So we're going to go back to uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 for the NES. And this is both Will and myself, our favorite video game composer and this here. is one of the few tracks that uh, legitimately is for Super Mario Brothers 2 and right. not its Japanese equivalent, Doki Doki Panic. That's a good point. This is uh, composed by Koji Kondo. This is the ending of Super Mario Brothers 2, which is such a classic piece of music. It always puts a smile on my face, makes me feel very nostalgic. Can't wait to check this out. Here we go. Koji Kondo's music just fills me with such joy. It makes me feel so relaxed. This is the ending to Super Mario Brothers 2. This is one of my favorite pieces of Mario music. It's it's funny that that initial fanfare, it's so short, but he gets so much accomplished in such a short amount of time. And then this right. section here uh, really strips down <clears throat> very bare bones and this is another example similar to the Mario 64 staff role. I used to always get a little emotional listening to this. Something yeah. about the way that Koji Kondo writes these simple childlike lullaby melodies. For some people, they might just say, oh, that's cute. But for me, and I know for Will, something about his music, it just makes us really yeah. kind of choke up. There's so much to it. I mean, I think there's a richness in the harmony, actually. I mean, it, there's a simplicity in the melody, but the the harmonic structure kind of tells this complete story. It has that chromatic moving bass line, but it, it's very uh -oh, detailed. You're analyzing it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's um, funny. But I think there there really is like uh, a richness to the harmony. There's only two voices happening at the end there, and he uses yeah. sort of that Alberti bass technique of kind of arpeggiating a uh, bass line and outlining the chord progression. But it, I don't know. It's so rich, and I love that moment of the B section. The da 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 da. What's great mm -hmm. about that is he kind of goes to the flat six back to the one, but the melody. Um, kind of does this nice little dance da, 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 is kind of accentuating some of those different chord tones but then it almost feels happy at the end well you know this reminds me i i want to do this piece for one of my piano students i feel like this would be a really especially that second part i feel like that would be a really good 
uh, piece for like a beginner to play because I don't think it would be that hard. Right. But it would, it would feel really good to play it. Another thing that I want to say is that that opening kind of I consider this like the ending in credits. That that last mm-hmm. part happens um, where there's sort of like this I guess cutscene that shows that everything was a dream and Mario is just sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, Spoiler. <laughs> Jeez, Will. Uh, but what I love the first part, the kind of like ending fanfare celebratory section is just the harmonies. His writing is so dramatic and beautiful. It, it sounds like an early predecessor to like the link to the past ending. Mm-hmm. And it also sounds very influential to Mihiro Yokota's uh, Super Mario Galaxy end credits theme. It uses a very similar progression and kind of uh melodic curves and stuff the last thing i hear is it it, definitely you can tell it's composed in the same era of uh shin onigashima because it reminds me of his some of his writing in that as well totally oh that's so great all right now we're gonna go from one iconic series of platformers to another iconic series of platformers this is i think maybe like the second or third track that will throughout the other day we're gonna play the special stage from sonic 3 Obviously, this piece of music was also featured in the special stages of Sonic and Knuckles. So some people call this Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which was a combined version. You know, recently we had that wonderful Sonic Mania episode, and there were some really great remixes that T. Lopez uh, did from the original Sonic games. This was one that we didn't play. We didn't play his uh, special stage remix. We're going to play the original, though, for the Genesis. This is a track that is just so wondrous and happy and energetic and just, yeah, it's just gives me a lot of energy let's take a listen to special stage from sonic 3 and the crediting the last time i heard i think there was some person who was doing research trying to reach out to some of these um, people that used to work at sega and the last official crediting that i heard for this was uh, yoshiaki kashima which is interesting because he's a gentleman who's not even credited as a composer for the game just as a sound programmer so Who knows if this is accurate, but uh, someone from Sega Sound Team here. Let's take a listen to the special stage. special stage from Sonic 3, one of my absolute favorite pieces of video game music. This, almost more than anything else, transports me into this world. I just, I see the orbs, I see the blue orbs so clearly in my mind's eye. 
I absolutely love the Sonic 3 special stages. They're um, they're the perfect balance of like stress and difficulty uh, mixed with fun and, and just excitement. Do you also hear the rip 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 rip? Yeah, rip, rip. I, I just get into the zone when I do these special stages. I think it does help being a drummer because I'm I'm really focused on the rhythms. So I I feel like I'm really good at these special stages. Um, this is like the only special stage in the Sonic games that I can consistently get all the emeralds in. Uh, whereas the other ones, uh, it takes me a lot of trial and error, especially at the really harder sure. ones. Like Sonic 2, some of the like the last two special stages of Sonic 2, those are really challenging for me. I totally hear you. Yeah, I love these. I love just how gorgeous and beautiful the melody is here and just... I don't know the delay effect and everything. It just—it's perfect. It it's sounds like you're vast. in some beautiful like cathedral. It's it's such a yeah. It's such a different approach to the special stage music, and to me, it perfectly captures like the experience of, of playing the special stage. And it feels just much less joyous. like a goofy bonus game, and it's more just like pure euphoria and ecstasy. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it's that combination I was just talking about, where it's joyous and fun, but also energetic. And there is this level of not tension, but but just high energy. Um, and that's conveyed with the organ solo and also just the, the syncopated Latin groove and stuff. It, yeah, it's just such a unique piece of music. And if it truly is composed by Kashima-san, um, it's really frustrating because that is a person who didn't really compose any other video game music. He was just a, a sound programmer and did some great work. He was responsible for probably why the soundtrack sounded as good as it did. Um, but if he is this talented of a composer and he just never had the opportunity to really explore it in, in video games, I think that's very tragic. Yeah. Because uh, this is this is just one of the absolute best. That's so good. Totally. All right. Let's go to something more modern. Um, now, some of you might be surprised that this would be on a playlist of, of music that we find comforting and relaxing. Um, but, you know, this this is definitely up there. It's very, very beautiful. Will, do you think this... I feel like this took the... This has the record of being like the highest rated song on our podcast. What do you mean highest rated? Do you remember one time we were... I think it was the first MAGFest when we were doing a Greatest Hits episode and we all like voted on like all of the music we had played up to that point. Um, And this track was like... The highest well, I believe rated. I voted for Magic Voice Shower mm. for to be the best thing mm. ever. Mm. Um, but okay. this, yeah, this I kind of hold up there in that category. Second it, place. It's, it's so gorgeous, and it's also funny. Right. Um, and it's gorgeous because it's funny, I think, in a way that it's like it, mm-hmm. what it follows, you're sort of so not expecting this. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of uh, Rayman Legends, which has phenomenal music. But yeah, it's hard to... T- I don't think it's it's ever possible to top this particular piece of music. This is the Lum's Dream, also known as Glue Glue. This is from Rayman Origins, uh, and this particular track was composed by Christoph Haral. Billy Martin was the other composer that worked on not just this game, but uh, the follow-up, Rayman Legends, they both worked on together as well. All right, let's take a listen to the Lum's Dream. Wait up! 
You guys listening to the Lum's Dream? This is from Rayman Origins. I feel like the the work, uh, Haral and Martin, the work they did on Origins and Legends is very underrated. I think it's just exquisite. I mean, I know we did that episode a long time ago where we combined, we did like half and half, but playing through the entirety of Legends now, I just... And that game is all about music. Music is just phenomenal. And Origins had great music too. Overall, I, I would say that the Legends soundtrack is much better than right, the origin soundtrack but there are it's so much denser like and there's just yeah it, they're both phenomenal though it's really yeah. hard to say and i mean this god what an outstanding piece of music i love how he writes it um it's mostly this like three voice kind of texture with the harmonies um but the middle voice is stationary and the outer two voices are kind of moving in harmony and it's also like it adds this whole other level of not necessarily dissonance but harmonic context because you basically had this color do 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 but then they go and then it's like it completely it sounds like they're almost in a different key and then there's that kind of like lydian sharp 11 kind of sound to the harmony and it's just it's such a gorgeous rich and complex harmonic sound and it's definitely not what you'd expect in this game especially like having these lums singing they're kind of goofy yeah. made up language i don't know there's something about that that's so beautiful to me like i don't know hearing this thing that has been used only as a joke right. singing these truly gorgeous and sumptuous well, i do harmonies. think that is one of the reasons why it's so particularly moving is because of that context and that juxtaposition i would love to hear the story of of why this track was chosen to go this direction. It'd be curious to me if it was like a developer that had the idea that, okay, I really want you to take this part seriously and, um, right. and kind of play the straight man. Or if it was just Haral's idea to, to do that. Cause going from what you heard before, this kind of swanky, jazzy, wonderful piece of music, but then to have this variation, um, such a cool choice the type of singing they're singing these nonsense words but they kind mm-hmm. of close to this like american r sound like waking up mm-hmm. which like that doesn't i can't really think of any music that has that kind of sound to it right um and th- th- that's like what they're singing on they're singing on this like kind of it's a, it's just a very weird sound and it makes it sound alien in like they're almost like these pixies dancing and singing to you to me it's not funny at all it's like just purely gorgeous and it was beautiful. funny the first time i heard it yeah I, the first time it was really funny but it mm-hmm. was that kind of thing where it it's funny because of how damn serious it is and that they're these goofy like creatures that like it's yeah. funny that they're taking it seriously but when i listen to it now like I, I don't know it really just sounds like some sort of like alien music or music of like these little magic fairies or something well one of our favorite soundtracks we're going to move on to the super nintendo and definitely one of will and myself our favorite soundtracks for the super nintendo is rockman and forte this is a score that we kind of rediscovered um when we started the podcast i remember both of us we had a good time playing this game on ZSNES back in the day um but having done the podcast it was a time where we kind of dove into the soundtrack and realized how cool and unique and jazzy the soundtrack was especially in the context of the Mega Man series it really isn't like nothing else in the series we love it uh, this is one of our favorite tracks in the game this is Cold Man from Rockman and Forte and this game was composed by Naoshi Mizuta Toshihiko Horiyama and Akiri Kaida let's take a listen to Cold Man 
This is the bee's knees. Cold Man from one of our favorite scores, Rockman and Forte. This is comforting VGM. This is the perfect example of what I wanted to play today. Uh, it's been a while since uh, I've listened to this track. Um, it's so good. This might be my second favorite piece of music in the game, just behind Museum. Right. Me too. Um, I love the melody. I love the groove, the jazziness. There's a sense. There is this cold, kind of frigid uh, quality you get from listening to this track. But also, there's just this kind of nostalgic, melancholy emotion that this track has. I love the instruments. I'm such a firm believer of limitations like assisting these composers and making something that is just like a more enjoyable piece of music like because they only had something like six sound channels you can really isolate and hear the really good part writing and it's like a lot of times they would just have these like two note harmonies that are evoking these lush chords a really active and melodic bass line a really you know expressive melody and, and drum part that is just very exciting and doesn't feel like there's anything missing here but there's also not anything that's lazy every single element is 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 absolutely necessary for this piece completely and it's what a rich sense of harmony i love those altered dominant chords and mm-hmm. all of those really interesting you know this like sharp nine chords and these you know minor ninths and major seven but it feels really good so and comfortable it's not absolutely like and out it, of because of these gorgeous melodic sequences you know the melodies are so strong and even the timbres are sound so good for you know the super famicom and yeah that the bass writing is so stellar Phenomenal. to me it just really sounds like it was performed and even the tone that um they're able to get out of those samples it i mean it sounds like kind of like the mario kart 8 uh title theme bass mm-hmm. solo like it, it i don't know it's pretty authentic a sound it has that really trebly kind of like slap bass sort of tone that is just awesome i feel like nobody likes the soundtrack as much as we do <laughs> like it's it'd be impossible yeah, we, we we should win an award i mean we that's <laughs> uh, just kind of crazy oh, we, we how much it. we love this we love I mean, it so it's much. such a specific sound to me though yeah you know like there are occasions when i'll use a certain chord and i'm like oh that's a naoshi mizuda chord and right. when i say that i mean that's a rockman and forte chord <laughs> Yeah, because this is an example of all three of these composers really gelling and agreeing on one sound. All right, let's go to something very different. My idea was I wanted to play a Game Boy Advance track because when I think of comforting, nostalgic memories of video game music, the Game Boy Advance is, is really up there for me. I got this for Christmas when I was maybe like 12 maybe years old 14, or 13 years old. Maybe, yeah, 12 to 14, somewhere around there. Um, and just had a lot of a lot of fun times what was what was kind of frustrating at the time is this was the game that i wanted this is what i thought i asked for but i don't know if that if someone missed that memo because what i got like it took me a long time to actually get this game and i actually had to buy it myself at like a GameStop. um and so i ended up getting other games that turned out to be great but i didn't this was the game i really wanted this is mario kart super circuit and this soundtrack was composed by kenichi nishimaki Masanobu Matsunaga, as well as Minako Hamano. Let's take a listen to a very feel-good piece of music, Sky Garden. Thank you. 
This is Sky Garden from Super Circuit. I have such a soft spot in my heart for this game and the soundtrack, and even the sounds of the Game Boy Advance. I think the Game Boy Advance is, is a very good example of how nostalgia can affect the way we view the music. Um, because if, if you try to listen to this objectively, it's, it's a really crummy sound. I mean, the samples are so compressed, and there's this really kind of weird combination of the PSG channels, which sound very clear and crisp, and then these but samples. But are like these old 8-bit synths? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really strange, but when I was a kid, my imagination just took over, and I just... It felt like this sounded just as good as Mario Kart 64 to me. Right. Um, and, and then when you mix it in with the sound effects and the fact that right. it's coming out of these crappy little speakers, I feel yeah, it like works. it translates better than when you're listening to it on like nice Sennheiser. Isn't that or something. weird how sometimes when you're a kid, like you almost are able to accept almost anything. I mean, I think it's just your imagination is just so active, but there was never a time when I played this and I was like, oh man, this sounds kind of lame. I was always just captivated by the That's melodies. That's why I think people that grew up with video game music tend to be um, good at listening to music in general because I think they're so accustomed to listening past the sounds and listening to the ideas themselves because, yeah. you know, we did have to use our imagination and, you know, people that would grow up playing, you know, Zelda for the NES or Link to the Past or something or even the Final Fantasies, you know, they imagined hearing a full orchestra in their mind because the composers were doing their job of kind of evoking that idiom. Even though the sounds were very primitive and limiting, it didn't limit the imaginations of, of kids playing those games and, and right. feeling empowered and heroic and everything and that's why i think um i don't know th there's just so much vibrancy to retro game music probably because of the limitations but i think in spite of them in many cases and oh, I, yeah. I don't know i'm so grateful that i grew up with so much video game music because i do think it made me a more thoughtful listener it made me more aware of things like melody and harmony and the voices and everything in um not necessarily so timbre sensitive to the point that i can't listen to something mm -hmm. that's kind of an unpleasant sound you know sometimes you have to listen to a good piece of music through the kind of ugly vapor of a gross sound <laughs> um as opposed to just a pretty sound without much substance as opposed to getting lost in the vape yeah all right Let's move on to something uh, very different. We're going to go back in time. This was a soundtrack that we kind of fell in love with uh, on the podcast for the most part. Uh, I have really good memories of doing an episode on this with Tim Turry, where we explored this VRC6 sound. This is Ukamaju. This is Ukamajo Densetsu, which is a Japanese version of Castlevania Three. Well, and I don't know if you remember, Carl, but I sort of, what happened is like towards the end of, I think, eighth grade, early, you know, high school, I started collecting, uh, I bought an NES and I collected a bunch of old games and mm -hmm. I started getting into the Castlevania series because I'd never played those growing up and just really falling in love with the music. And I remember the first time I played you this piece of music, I remember we were in our, you know, childhood uh, like dining rooms there's mm -hmm. a couch there and I was playing this track to you and you were like man this is so cool and that's when I think we came up with the idea of what if we made a video game music podcast it was yeah. this piece of music specifically this is an important piece of music this is the prelude 
And we're going to play actually the VRC6 version of this, like I said, from Akumajo Densetsu. And this is the version that we talked about on that Spotlight episode. Uh, this is such a <laughs> badass version of this prelude. I love when that low saw comes in. The it's just it's it's awesome. This game was composed by Hidenori Meizawa, who actually was also responsible for some of the creation of that VRC6 chip. So he did a lot of the work on that chip as well. The expansion. Uh, it was also composed by Jun Funahashi, Yuki Morimoto, and. Yoshinori Sasaki. Let's take a listen to the prelude. listening to the prelude from Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse. This is a Japanese version with the VRC6 expansion that's known as Akumajo Densetsu. This is composed by Hidenori Meizawa, as well as Jun Funahashi, Yuki Morimoto, and Yoshinori Sasaki. Yeah, this is a very legendary piece of music, and I'm glad you brought that up, Will, the story of how this in some ways was such a great and inspiring piece of music that it inspired us to do this podcast. So it's so gorgeous. I love every single section in it. I love the chord progression, the melody. I love this final section that just tugs at your heartstrings and is, has this lyrical romanticism. It's just fantastic. And Mm -hmm. the implementation for the VRC six just needs to be applauded. I mean, there's so much going on here, so much detail. I love the way um, that he sort of plays with the different channels and has the impression of like a really echoey space by adjusting the volume decays for those moving lines, you know, where it kind of gets quieter every time it plays right you know it makes it almost sound like it's an echo in a giant you know what's crazy or something i know that it was really difficult back in this time to have a lot of flexibility with with this chip and now it's a lot it's a lot easier to work with it things like family tracker um but i feel like this is one of the absolute best instances of the vrc6 chip that i've ever heard it's just so full and interesting and expressive and it's just amazing that this was done back then and yeah we do have to give Amazawa a lot of que- a lot of credit for his work developing this expansion and also i assume he was probably the lead on uh doing these vrc6 arrangements i can only imagine all right that was awesome what an important piece of music for us but this next one's even awesomer awesomer we have to play magical voice shower 
I feel like it should be part of our contract. It's required legally that we have to play this. <laughs> this is from Pop and Music 12. And this is such a cool example because this was something we had no knowledge of before the podcast. And I think I discovered it when I was researching random Konami games for our Konami episode, which we did a long time ago. And I, you know, had tons of Konami games and I went through and I'm so glad that I listened to this because I could have easily skipped Pop and Music 12 because um, I listened to a lot of them. I listened to Pop and Music 10 and 11 and, and you know, and, and for whatever reason, I stuck with this one and heard this amazing gem and, you know, the rest is history. Let's take a listen to Magical Voice Shower by Dreamline Out from Pop and Music 12. truly wouldn't be a sick day without magical voice shower this is legitimately what i do listen to when when i need a pick me up uh, i'm sure will you're the same way but every once in a while i just like if i just need a little bit of a jolt of happiness and excitement and, and positivity this fits the bill every single time it's impossible to be sad listening to this you know you could be going through you know such trauma and whatever stress in your life you put this track on um you're, you're just going to be in a better mood yeah, it's absolutely perfect. I, I've said so much about this over the years, um, and I'm still compelled to just like sing its praises. But you guys can <laughs> check that out. I mean, oh, yeah, it really yeah. just. I, I know it might sound like hyperbole, and it's such a goofy piece of music compared to like all the things we played and all the music that I love. But this might be my favorite just piece of music. Yeah, I know Ever. you've said that. Like, yeah, you said that before. I, I just so love it. I, I love every single note in detail. I love the sound of the recording. I love the melodies. It just is perfect to me. It's like, it's pure sunshine, pure joy, pure artistry. It's really strange. Um, lightning truly doesn't strike twice because I've looked into a lot of the other music that Dreamline Out has. It's and good. It's just it's not like good. this style. But yeah, there's nothing... I mean, to be fair, though, there's nothing in music in general that that is quite like this. So it's just one of those anomalies where it really is its own thing. Uh, like this piece of music is almost its own genre in a way because it's not right. just acapella. It's like video game, electronic, pop, J-pop, jazz, Latin acapella. acapella right. <laughs> it's just the best thing ever. Yeah, okay. I, normally when I listen to it, I prefer the like extended version that starts where it goes through one right, time right. without the drums and then comes in because there's mm -hmm. like a little bit more music there. And oh, right. 
God, it's just perfect. I mean, every harmony, every voice, it's so brilliantly thought out. It's so gorgeous and God, and the other thing is there's no repeats. There's not a repeating section for how catchy mm-hmm. and memorable it is. It's just A section, B section, C section, D. It just keeps developing new melodic material in each section, never yep. returning to a previous form. It is magical. Okay, well, I really need you to keep it together here because we're going to play a piece of music that this is kind of uh, infamous for you. This is a piece of music that you've cried to multiple times in your life, I would say. Well, how many times do you think you've actually cried from this? If I'm being honest, probably only a, a handful of times. <laughs> probably, probably only most, eight times. <laughs> probably most when I was a, a young kid. A I young mean, and- I still get incredibly moved by it. This um, is so nostalgic. Yeah, this yeah. is up there is one of the best memories of music I have in video games. Imagine you just fought the last Bowser in Mario 64. You put down the controller, you watch the cutscene, especially back then. You have to remember in 1996, the fact that you got to like see Peach in 3D and the fact that she, you know, she goes up, she kisses Mario's nose, he spins around. Uh, it, it's just like, it was like the most cinematic and like moving thing I had ever seen at that time. And then you get to see this montage of all the stages and all the, you know, all the wonderful memories right. that you've had in this game. I do think though, it's like, it's beyond, it's beyond the context. It's like Koji Kondo's music isn't purely happy. A lot of people think because he writes music for Mario that, oh, mm-hmm. Mario music is plucky and fun and happy. And it's like, yes, yeah, sort of rhythmically it is. But when you look under the hood, it's like the chords he's using really tug at your heartstrings and the, yeah. the melodic simplicity mixed with those chords uh, I don't know. It, it's it's the same feeling I get when listening to Scott Joplin and ragtime music where there's just like a hint of blue. There's a hint of sadness. Yeah, th- this is an all-time classic. Let's take a listen to Staff Roll from Mario 64. This is just a classic piece of video game music. 
if I was going to show someone video game music that really means a lot to me, and if I was going to be on a Favorites with Friends episode, this this would definitely be prominently featured in my playlist. It's just tied to some of my favorite memories of playing video games, um, yeah. and yeah, it's it's definitely my fa- my personal favorite staff role theme. Uh, it's yeah, in Mario 64, we've said this before, but it's it's up there for one of our. It's probably both in our maybe our top three video game soundtracks. So. Yeah, I'm lying. This one still makes me cry. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Especially that that section with the piano and those ascending. Um, to me, it's chords. actually the the A section, kind of the. Um, oh, really? Interesting. I mean, every single section, and then that kind of final chorus. It's just such a profoundly beautiful thing to me because, it, to me. The reason why I said it reminds me of Ragtime is when you think about like the life of Scott Joplin, all of the racism and hatred and hardship that he had to endure, mm-hmm. yet his music has this optimism and hopefulness That's and true. all of that pain and beauty is in there simultaneously and it's deeply profound music to me and I feel like the same way about Koji Kondo's music I don't know enough details about his personal life or anything but (laughs) I just mean that kind of emotional richness that there's never one emotion it's always multiple things simultaneously it's happiness but it's bittersweet it's not just sad I would love to kind of break down and analyze this um, and then compare it to a strictly silly and plucky theme from this era because there's plenty yeah. of video game music that is just silly and plucky and, and light like grant kirkhope uh you know banjo kazooie mm-hmm. um kind of a a thing where it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's not great or it's not beautiful it's just it, it there's there's a different like koji kondo all of his stuff has these layers of emotion that mm-hmm. i'm so fascinated about and if i ever do get to meet him that i kind of want to bring that up and talk to him about like if he feels like he puts an emotional piece of himself into his music because right for someone who's just writing, it's not utilitarian. And I know he maybe thinks of himself as someone who's just completing a job and trying to do the best job he can. But his music often has such sadness or such, um, there's like a, there's a bittersweet pain to it that it just, it sounds so sincere. I can't imagine that you can just come to that as just like, oh yeah, I'll just do, you know, right. the number 53B, you know, like I think it really is... <laughs> It's personal um, It's, him, it's yeah. personal, completely. And it still makes me cry because of that. Well, there you go, folks. Now we're going to move on to Chrono Trigger. And this is a mammoth of a piece of music. This is Secret of the Forest, which is the jazziest, most beautiful, most mysterious thing in the world. I wish I was laying on a couch listening to this because this is just great music to just chill out to. This is Secret of the Forest composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. Let's check it out.
The hard thing about this playlist is that every piece of music we play, I feel like, oh, this is just one of the best things ever, but that's what I say about everything today. This is one of the best things ever in a very different way than anything we've played so far today. This is Secret of the Forest. I don't feel any pressure to kind of like, I don't know, articulate why these things are so good because they are great. I just feel compelled to celebrate this music every time I listen to it because, mm-hmm. you know, you always discover something new and are just so struck by the beauty of it. I don't yeah, know. Today's there episode are just makes pillars. me so grateful for this medium, for video games in general. And whenever people talk about maybe the, the negative aspects of technology or entertainment or being plugged in all the time and that, you know, there's so much violence in video games and there's right. so much blah, blah, blah. And I think there is merit to some of those arguments. I'm not saying that people should be off the hook, but it's just there's such artistry here today that you can hear. I mean, it's interesting. There are these pillars of video game music that uh, no matter how much other things we've discovered over the years, no matter how much other great video game music we've discovered, there really is no beating some of these some of these pillars. And Secret of the Forest is definitely one of those pieces of music where it's just in its own league <laughs> and there's just there's no touching it it's oh my gosh it's amazing it's crazy to think um that this was one of the first things that Yasunori Mitsuda worked on and I think most people would say that it's still his his masterpiece uh to this day and totally it's incredibly impressive all right let's move on to a PC track I wanted to play something from this game this game was really important to us growing up uh, because it was really, in my experience, the first PC soundtrack that I really took notice of and that I was was really captivated by. This is The Secret of Monkey Island. And something about Michael Land's, uh, his particular combination of this kind of swashbuckling, pirate, dark, minor, classical with reggae, this this really interesting combination of sounds that really he created here. Uh, it's just, you can explore this infinitely. I mean, you could have 12 games in the series and, and I wouldn't get sick of this musical tone. It's so captivating and it's just so wonderful. Uh, this is a very romantic piece of music. This is Guybrush and Elaine, and this plays twice in the game. Uh, if not three times, I know it's played, the first time is when you meet Elaine for the first time, and then I think the second time is before you head out to Monkey Island, and then uh, at the very end of the game. So What I love about this is I feel like he's trying to sort of evoke old-fashioned, you know, romantic movie scores, things from like right. the 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. but I also feel like he's kind of trying to evoke like daytime television, you know, soap yeah. opera kind of a thing. But it has, at least the second section, it goes back to that reggae to the groove. reggae thing it's yeah. wonderful let's take a listen to guybrush and elaine composed by michael land Thank you. 
so good. You guys are listening to Guybrush and Elaine, composed by the one and only Michael Land. I still really want to have an interview with Michael. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure how that would happen because he's just not he's not active anymore in this scene. I'm not sure what he's up to these days, but his music oh, is so just good. so wonderful and so unique. It's really unlike anything else that anyone has ever composed for games. Yeah, I put him right up there with uh, Dave Wise as being, you know, mm-hmm. one of the greatest Western video game composers. And yeah. as melodic and as strong as the best, you know, yeah. non-Western video game composers. Oh, gosh. This is such a great piece. There's so many things I love about it. I love in that first opening section, it almost sounds like something out of like an opera or something. It's so romantic, but he sort of has that triplet subdivision that da 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 you know... Uh, Oh, yeah, the gosh, first section is definitely over the top, and it's it's supposed. It, I mean, it's very funny in the game. It's very comedic because of how quickly right. it comes on. Like he just meets her, and he's already like in love with her. Um, but then it goes back to really the comfortable BGM tone that you get for most of the game, and I think that's a wonderful right. choice. Well, I also think that there's like a, emotionally in this track, it's that kind of thing because she's sort of like, I don't know, Guybrush, I don't know if I like you or not. And the 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 track feels like there's romance in there, but it's just mm-hmm. intangible. Like yeah. I don't know, I think he really captures that emotion, and it is perfect in the game and so funny. Um, just wonderful writing, you know, by Ron game. Gilbert and Tim Schafer. You know, I actually um, replayed this uh, this and the second game recently. Um, and yeah, th- these games just hold up so well. Just some of my all-time favorite video games. All right, let's go back to the Super Nintendo. This is a suggestion Will made. This is the main theme from Star Fox. You know, we had some conversation recently talking about um, composers that... Uh, they did some great, like some project that was like really beloved, but they never really went on to do much more work and feels like it feels like there's this sense of just wanting more from them. And this is a great example of that. This is Hajime Hirasawa, who after Star Fox, he, 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 uh, he stopped composing for video games and he went into some other industries and some other lines of work. Um, and I just find that really, really tragic because who knows what other classics like Star Fox lie in his brain. Anyway, this is the main theme from Star Fox for the Super Nintendo, composed by Hajime Hirasawa. This is the main theme from Star Fox, and I am of the opinion that this score, this original score and this composer, 
are incredibly underrated when it comes to, to video games and video game music. I, I just want I want some sort of interview, some documentary about the making of this game, and particularly Hirasawa. Uh, I want to know more about him, and he's only credited credited for two video games. This time, oh, I can't remember what it was called, Time Twist, or this like FDS game that no one's ever heard of. And then this, he worked for Nintendo for such a short amount of years. Ah, I just, I really want to talk with him about like, what was this process like for working on this game and what were some of his influences? And he, he's an incredible composer. I mean, this is up there with some of my favorite film music. Yeah, it's just stellar. I, I mean, I think he's better than Sugiyama um, in yeah. terms of, I mean, not to like take names and stuff, but I, I mean, it's so stellar. I mean, this is as good as the Back to the Future theme. It's yeah. as good as like the Indiana Jones theme. I mean, it's, it's iconic. It's so stellar, and the orchestration is phenomenal. Even though it's just on the Super Nintendo. I mean, all the inner voices are so beautiful, and it, it's just meticulously done. I know you'll have another a lot of other projects going on, but I want you to get revisit your your project of uh, kind of sequencing this uh, as like a nice orchestral modern sound. I know. Yeah. I think you should get I, back it, to that. It, and maybe it use really better. Deserves it. Use better vsts you know now that years have passed since you started that because i don't know of a like a definitive like real version of this and it it really deserves it you know it's just right. yearning for it oh that's so that's so great i love this i feel like as a soundtrack Star Fox is the best in the series you just can't really touch yeah. that soundtrack you know i mean especially that main theme i mean yeah. I, I i think Star Fox 64 is phenomenal and mm-hmm. i love koji kondo's music and what what you get with his sort of two themes in there kind of adds up to this where you have that kind sure. of more um heroic you know if this is like Superman, that's almost like the Indiana Jones theme or something like they're right. just they're different and they're both phenomenal um, and, but I, and I, I think Koji's more lyrical theme, like the um, bum, mm-hmm. bum, 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 da, 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 really pairs well with with uh, Hirasawa's theme, and I it wish does. that they could be used side by side they in other should. games. You, I it mean, doesn't make should, sense to me. You should do that when in your arrangement. You should totally do that. That'd be amazing. Okay, let's move on to another classic Koji Kondo composition, and this was the next game that he worked on right after Mario sixty four. So, can you imagine? So, in one sense, I, I wonder what it would be like at the time going from Mario 64 and then working on Ocarina of Time. It's not like at the time he had any indication that, okay, you're working on two of the most like beloved, uh, iconic video games in video game history because you, you don't know that before before they're released. But thinking going from Mario 64 to Ocarina of Time, oh my gosh, it's just such a such a double whammy of legendary video games and video game music. We're going to play one of the most celebrated pieces of music from this game. This is a piece that I use a lot in my piano lessons. Uh, even even students that have never played this game or heard of Zelda music, everybody has a good time with this. Let's take a listen to Lost Woods from Ocarina of Time.
So, well, we've talked a lot before about the different eras of Koji Kondo and, and some of the, the different things that he explores in those different eras. But for my money, I feel like if I had to pick one of my favorite eras, it's definitely this, the N64 era. You know, things like Super Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time. Just such a such Star a level 64. Of, right, such a level of creativity and diversity and trying so many different things out. But the one thing that holds it all together, the common thread, is just these pure, simple song-like melodies that they're just timeless and iconic. I think that really is his genius. I mean, I think there's so many things he is a master at. But if you have to pick one, it's his ability to write just flawless melodies that Knockout really melodies. do strike a chord with people what i love about this lost woods theme is typically i'd say with koji kondo oftentimes it's a very simple melody with a very interesting or dissonant harmony but this is almost the exact opposite the harmony yeah. is so basic in the way that it's you know boom 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 it's so basic but the melody has these the melody interesting dissonant, dissonances yeah. to it and that kind of contextualizes the harmony but what i love about this melody is despite having these kind of awkward and interesting intervals it's so singable. It's so tuneful and catchy and memorable. And that's why I think Koji Kondo is really unlike any other musical artist. I, I mean, I can't think of another piece of music that has this same sort of combination of style and genre. I know what growing I love up, about how dissonant um, that opening interval is, is it sounds like Zelda. It sounds like the woods and it sounds mysterious and kind of mm -hmm. hopeful and magical. And it has that hint of almost like a half diminished chord right. which reminds me of like the fairy fountain theme or something yeah i know growing up with some of my first images of seeing ocarina of time seeing marty playing it and um, maybe some of his friends playing it as well is this was one of the pieces of music that stood out to me the most i think as as growing up this was my favorite track from the game i think this and um trying to think of actually the title theme i remember being very moved by that as well um, but yeah, this this has just always been one of my favorites. It just it's so happy. It always gets me in a good mood. And I think in addition to just having a happy and bouncy uh, vibe to it, it is very beautiful. And the melody is so unique and captivating. And I like what Will was mentioning about uh, how dissonant that melody is. But it's just it's the perfect uh, way to 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 evoke mystery and and a sense of this forest that is is lost. So. All right, let's move on to a more modern entry in the Mario series, the most recent game, a soundtrack that I was just blown away by. This came out last year, Super Mario Odyssey. And Will thought it'd be fun to play this track. Uh, I think we played in that episode with this track, and so Will wanted to play this again and, and share more of our thoughts on it. This is Jump Up Superstar. What a fun change of pace for the series, and what a fun moment in time for the Mario series. This is composed by Nyoto Kubo, who's the lead composer of Odyssey. This is featuring Kate Davis uh, on lead vocals here. Let's check out Jump Up Superstar. Here we go, off the rails. Don't you know it's time to raise our sails? It's freedom like you never knew. Don't need bags or a pass. Say the word, I'll be there in a flash. You could say my hat is off to you. Oh, we can zoom all the way to the moon from this great wide wacky world. Jump with me, grab coins with me, oh yeah. 
talk about music that puts a smile on your face. This is Jump Up Superstar, and it makes me want to jump up. This is, uh, it's hard because, like, some people consider the Fossil Falls the main theme, but I always consider this the main theme of Super Mario Odyssey. Well, this is composed it, by Kubo. It, it's sort of like the, the title theme, isn't it? They have, like, a version mm-hmm. without the melody or something. Right. And this was in, you know, that amazing trailer. Oh, it's so fantastic. It's I so love good. everything about this song and it it makes me so happy and just nostalgic when I listen to it because it feels like a Mario song, you know? Like if mm-hmm. if there were ever to be a Mario song with lyrics, like this totally you couldn't nails have done a better it. job, yeah. And it uh it just makes me so happy to listen to it and I feel like it carries with it kind of the history of the series and even though it's not Koji Kondo, his sort of thumbprints I feel like are all over this and it just it really makes me smile. So Will, if you had to pick um, one version to listen to for the rest of your life, would it be this version or would it be the other version? I might go with the other version except I like that this has an ending and I like the introduction of this one maybe a little better but I love the orchestration of the other one because they there's that one counter melody you know this like really kind of fun counter melody stuff that happens in the other one that I think I might prefer a little bit god it's so good though it's hard to pick yeah I mean I think they're good in different ways um I think I think I think I would probably go with this version to be honest, but I totally understand. The other one has that cool like there's a little bit of eight bit sound effects too. I just I like that one part that goes, you know that one part in kind of the chorus melody. All right, now this is fun. I feel like we've been alluding to this and talking about this for for the past forever, and so it's finally time we play this. Um, it's been a long time since we played it. This is the intro to Sonic Mega Collection. <laughs> this one was composed by... So you can stop writing it in. We know how much you've been asking and waiting now. <laughs> it's just this me, This composed by Hideaki Kobayashi. This was a compilation game that was released for the era of the GameCube as well as the other systems. Um, and we had a lot of good memories, good times playing this, and good times listening to this theme. Apparently, it's a... <laughs> A very influential theme on all of music. Uh, According to me. Let's take a listen to the intro. Yeah, the intro of Sonic Mega Collection. So good. You guys are listening to the intro of Sonic Mega Collection. Yeah, the music of Sonic Mega Collection, like the original music, I think there's like 
three pieces of original music is all really good. Honestly, it's 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 better than it has any right to be. Um, I don't know why. You know, I would have just thought this would be a throwaway. Like, didn't necessarily even need new music. Yeah, but in a way, it needs to summarize the Sonic games. It's like this is a collection of the best games in the series, and so it, the music needs to be reflective of that. So in some ways, right. it's kind of a lot of pressure. You know. Yeah, that's true. It's funny, yeah, we've talked about this particular piece so much lately that it's it's interesting to play it again. It's a great track. It has a really good melody. I, I, I actually am a big fan of the instrument choice here. It's kind of this shimmering, synthy, jazz pop sound. It's very cheesy, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very feel-good. I mean, this is another great example of a sick day because... This is music that um, is just very comforting. I don't have to really think too much about it. It just just feels good, and that's in this game was a was a comfort game for me. A lot of times I would just put on Sonic Mega Collection. I feel like I was always in the mood to play those games almost more than any modern games. Like I would look at all my collection of GameCube games and I'd be like, eh, I'm not in the mood for that. Not in the mood for that. But whenever I would see Mega Collection, I would just be like, Yeah, I could I could go for that. <laughs> This funny. Do you still own this game? Somewhere. I'm pretty sure I have the mini disc somewhere. Should bust it out. God, it's so All much right. fun. Let's move on to one final piece of Koji Kondo music today. I gotta play something from Yoshi's Island. Um, I feel like this game, more than anything, really sums up the era of when I was discovering Nintendo games on the emulators, because there was a time yes. when we didn't own a Super Nintendo system. So we, we did a lot of ZSNES. Carl, do you remember what I, I, I used to beg you to play this game and just so I could watch it because yeah. I was enthralled by the music, the the graphics. I loved watching I you play that. this game. And re- do you remember what I would call it? I would ask you to play, I'd say Baby Carl, Mario. We, yeah. Baby Mario. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I have know it was called Yoshi's Island. So many great memories with this game. Um, and let's take a listen to at the time when I was playing this, this might've been my favorite piece of music. I just loved the tone. I loved how it was so different than from everything else in the game. This is Crystal Caves. This is the underground theme of Yoshi's Island. Let's check it out. Caves, composed by Koji Kondo. This is a a really great example of Koji Kondo's diversity and his creativity, because this would not be what you'd expect the underground theme in Yoshi's Island to be, this really chilled out, uh, groovy, kind of funky... There's like a little bit of darkness in this track. It's 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 very beautiful and very simple. It's definitely the most groove-based thing in in the game. Um, but it works so well, and it's honestly just a really nice kind of sigh of relief and just breath of fresh air in the game because there's so much um, energy and and sometimes zaniness and craziness that are that's happening 
in the overworld stages in the game, just based on what's, you know, the enemies and the sound effects and everything, that whenever I went down to the Crystal Caves, I always felt, like, really relaxed. Yeah. And I love the chords, how they're simple. It's basically, like, this minor one chord and then this kind of, like, major seven, seven chord, mm-hmm. kind of like a... Yeah, so what's interesting about it is that that chord makes it sound like it's in sort of like a modal minor, but then it goes to that like flat flat seven to like the, you know, minor six, and then down to a major like classical five chord. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's kind of an interesting progression. And then I love that B section. That part really um, reminds me of some other things that happen in like Mario 64. It's almost yeah, like for a little sure. bit of foreshadowing to that. And I love this really era neat harmonies underneath. And the, the pitches in that Mm-hmm. are so fascinating to me because they're so high up you don't even necessarily think about them as pitches in terms of relating to the harmony it's more just right. the effect of that kind of chirpy sound but when you actually love that listen arpeggio. to the notes they might be different than what you remember them to be because it's very mm-hmm. intricately composed I well think. they're so high up too so it's kind of hard to pick out what I they are I also just love this melody and then it's beautiful it's so catchy even though it's you know just these simple little nuggets yeah this track is simpler than uh almost any composer would have done for the stage and it's it's mind-bogglingly catchy for how simple it is yeah um oh one thing i forgot to mention um i kind of wanted to correct this so i think in the past the last time we talked about uh jump up superstar i think i may have said the wrong person who did the english lyrics so uh the english version of the lyrics were done by rob tunstall who is um, an employee of Nintendo who had that amazing opportunity to do that. I I think I may have given the wrong name in the past. So anyway, that was done by Rob Tunstall. Well, what a perfect time for you to bring that up. I know, right? (laughs) I couldn't find it in time when we were talking about it. So, all right. So let's see. We have the last track of the day here before the play out. And this is the happiest thing of the day. Uh, Super Fantasy Zone, uh, composed by Naoki Kadaka, is just endlessly energetic. Uh, it's it's almost hilarious as as far as like how much energy and optimism this soundtrack has. Every single piece of music is is just eleven out of ten happiness and just sunshininess. It, it's it's a soundtrack that always puts me in a good mood. It's it's honestly one of my favorite Genesis soundtracks. This is an example of happy music that doesn't have a tinge of sadness or melancholy to it. Let's take a listen to Water Melody from Super Fantasy Zone. Will takes it back. There was, <laughs> there was a little hint of sadness. I forgot the kind of like minor <laughs> progression that happens. Kind of this but in general, sound. that B it's section so is total happy. This is so great. I love Naoki Kodaka. And, and it, it should be mentioned that he's taking um, 
uh, he's taking Kawaguchi melodies from the original Fantasy Zone, and so he is remixing some of those and then composing original music. This is an original piece of music uh, composed by Kodako-san. You know, this sounds like something that you would have written in a Sonic-esque, especially mm. that B section. Uh, hmm. I don't know, just kind of reminds is, me Yeah, of I that. mean, this, this soundtrack is very Sonic-y. I mean, there's that one track, Picnic, uh, which is also composed by Naoki Kodaka, that uh, some people think that Jun Senue kind of stole for the special stage of Sonic 3D Blast. It's, it's very similar. Um, but I think what really happened with that is there must be some like famous Japanese like folk melody that both of them were kind of hearkening to because right. it's it's kind of mind-boggling how similar those pieces of music are to each other. But what a fun time this was, man! This this is gonna spoil me a little bit. I kind of want every week to just be. <laughs> Just, you know, a random assortment of some of our favorite video game music that we just love listening to. Well, like I said, man, we got to make another playlist that just to have is ready. for the next one. And then whenever we're feeling kind of lazy or not really wanting to prepare, you know, a proper right. episode, we can just do another one of these. Yeah, this was definitely easy. And <laughs> I had a great time. Hopefully you guys had a great time as well. I know of some of this music we've played multiple times, so this wasn't unveiling anything new. This was just... A time to let her hair down. Hopefully you guys had a good time. We're going to play out with um, such a groovy, catchy, amazing piece of music. It wasn't that long ago that we played this, um, but we're going to play it again to play you guys out. This is Whoa, I'm in Space Cuba from Mighty Switch Force, composed by Jake Kaufman. Haha, <laughs> you thought we were going to leave this episode without a Jake Kaufman track. Well, you'd be wrong. Uh, all right, anything we want to mention? Okay, so this episode comes out on May 7th. Which means that when you're listening to this on the day of release, this coming Friday is a very, very big and exciting day for the Marcotta Brothers. We are going to be releasing the first installment of Hero of Legend. We're so excited for you to check it out. And we'll probably be releasing a bonus episode. So keep an eye out for that. And yeah, definitely uh, keep it locked at our website, supermarcadabros.com, for any information about our projects and upcoming stuff yeah i kind of my my brain just went dead just now i've been doing all this <laughs> sick day kind of just relaxing stuff and then i'm like oh i don't want to turn it on work yeah. and you know think <laughs> well it's a good thing that we're done so let's just wrap up before will has to speak anymore you guys are going to be played mm, out with a uh, nap. this wonderful jay kaufman track and we'll be back with more great music next week i think that's just about does it thanks for listening everybody my name is carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. (laughs) Peace out, everybody. Hey, that's what I say. Peace out.